What's up, Snapback fam? On this episode, we decided we would be doing a Kobe tribute podcast. We're trying to put out content all Super Bowl week, but we felt like this was a necessary pod to release. So here's about 20 or 30 minutes, Abe and I's thoughts on, obviously, the tragic accident that occurred, our feelings about Kobe, and the memories he left us with. So let's get it. Blue Wire. The Baltimore Ravens select... Lamar Jackson. I'm a rave. It's on. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! A What's going on, fam? If you're joining us today, uh, this is a Kobe tribute podcast. Make sure you guys are following and subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. The pod is always and will always be free. Uh, we interviewed Austin Eckler yesterday. That was super exciting for us. So kind of put a smile on our face after the tough past 48 hours dealing with the Kobe uh, situation, but I'm Jack Settleman from Snapback Sports on Snapchat, and joining me today, and as always, is my co-host and best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, how are we feeling? Yeah, past two days have been uh, rough. We uh, we saw our initial reactions when we released that. I mean, I've, people have been reaching out to me saying, it's crazy, you guys got your reaction on camera. Um, it, it's as if we didn't know how to react, but... It's been a tough two days. Uh, it feels like we lost one of our idols um, amongst many others. So before we dive into Kobe, I thought it would be we should just name the other seven victims in the crash. Um, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, Ara Zobian, and Christina Mauser. So amongst Kobe and Gigi. Um, we should all remember all nine victims in the crash. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we're recording on Wednesday morning before my flight to Miami for Super Bowl. So, good things coming. The Eckler interview was awesome. But, you know, there's bigger things in life, and obviously there's bigger things than life. And that's what Kobe Bryant felt like to us. That's what he clearly felt like to the rest of the world. He was a global icon, you know, it's been now over 48 hours, pretty much, and I don't know. I It's not getting much better. It still just doesn't feel real. If this larger-than-life human being who just it just never felt like this was going to happen, obviously, um, I think you got to spin it and take the positives out of it and say, okay, let's be more appreciative of each other. Let's you know hug our loved ones, live our life to the fullest, mom mentality, all of it. Even with that being said, though, it's it's just tough. Yeah, I think that one of the things that's making this so hard is uh, one of my buddies said it best. Kobe Bryant was the the epitome of, I guess, like an alpha male, like the alpha dog, right? His How he went about his business on the court, how he went about his business off the court, it was all very business-like and just it made you feel like the way he acted, he was invincible. He was immortal. He was a killer on the court. He would do anything to shut down his opponent. So we looked up to this guy as this guy who was essentially Superman. And Marcus Morris said, 
you think Superman's invincible until the one day he dies, and and then that's when we really take a step back and we think that wow, if, if something like this, such a freak accident, can happen to a man like Kobe Bryant, who who was supposed to live forever and and just be the Kobe Bryant we all knew and loved, then we, I mean, it's dark, but it can happen to any of us. And I think that these past 48 hours, um, really what a lot of people are focusing on is is the little things in life and just, I mean, I think that Jay Williams clip went viral the other day. None, none of the, the shit that's going on in your life, none of that matters. Um you just got to focus on the things that you can control, and that's the people around you. And uh, Kobe, Kobe particularly, I mean, he, sure, what he did on the court was unbelievable. But to him, before being a basketball player, it was about being a family man. I mean, there's an interview that's going viral about the reason why he flies helicopters, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, one time was at practice or at a game in downtown LA and he left the the game and I've never been to LA but I will soon and I mean the traffic you sent me snapchats the traffic's brutal right yep. and uh he he missed his daughter's like school play because he was stuck in traffic on the way home from a practice so he he said I'm done with driving through LA traffic I'm going to start taking a 15 minute helicopter ride to and from and he's been doing that 20 years. So beyond being a basketball player, basketball icon, the most important thing to Kobe Bryant was being a parent, a parent, was being a, a husband, was being a brother. And, I mean, it just go, you just see all these pics going viral of him and Gianna at courtside at UConn games and stuff. And it, it just hurts because you knew that he had so much to give to this earth post-basketball. Post and it felt like we were just starting to see it, especially with the Lakers being back in contention and in the limelight and his best friend being one of his best friends in LeBron James leading the way and, and carrying his legacy in purple and gold. So I think that, that for me is what hurts the most, knowing that he was two years into his second career and his second career of being a father and being a just a spectator to the game of basketball would probably have been as more impressive as his first physical basketball career for the stuff that he was doing for women's basketball, for basketball all around the world globally. So I think that's the hardest thing to wrap around. Yeah, I I think that, you know, ESPN played Kobe's last game last night. I was watching. That was awesome. That and was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome tribute, and obviously it was a storybook ending. He scores 17 in a row, hits the game winner, scores 60, and 150 shots, which is still like a very Kobe thing to do. <laughs> he but went why, out how Kobe should. Exactly. And I think watching the game, you know, it didn't bring back the emotion and feelings that I thought it was after everything I've seen. It's really been the family stuff because this is really what happened is he dedicated. He might have been the most dedicated basketball player of all time. It's him, Michael, and not many other are on that list. And I think what happens is, you know, you dedicate your entire life to this thing, basketball, and you give up family time. You're on road trips. You play for 20 years. And then what happens is you're like, okay, now I get, I'm 40, I'm 41, 
I get 60 years with my family. I get twice as much time than I did on the basketball court, three times as much time. And that was just all just, like, stripped away from him. And I think that's that's the unfair part about life. So as I've seen all the stuff about him and his daughter, obviously just absolutely sick thinking about Vanessa Bryant. And, you know, she has to bury her best friend, her husband. She has to bury her own daughter and then has to put on a, a straight face. And, well, I don't know. She doesn't have to act like it's all okay. And I think her daughters will understand all of that. Um, but like, you know, you have to be the, you're the only parent now and you're the strong person in the family. So I think that's what really hurts is like just the concept of, you know, right now we're in the working world and we're dedicating all our time to work and to trying to do these things, to progress in our career, to the podcast, to doing all this, because we know, or at least we thought we have this time to then enjoy family, friends, and it just really proves the importance. And it's such a bummer because you had to be so dedicated to reach that level, that greatness in the sport of basketball. You had to dedicate your life to it. He did that, and then the rest of his life to enjoy it with his family was taken away, and I think that's just really what hits hardest for me. Yeah, I mean, the the whole... Yeah, it's beyond Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. I think you said it best. It's 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 Kobe, the family man. Um, yeah, I think honestly, I just keep going back to Vanessa Bryant, and um, from personal experience, uh, I lost a parent at a young age, so my mom raised me and my brother as a single parent, and I know firsthand there were a lot of days where she didn't think she could do it, and it's it's tough. I will say that I do think it is disgusting and unfathomable that um, his three-year-old and his newborn aren't going to know their father. But I think that they, makes it. They a, will um, in a way, though, which I way, think is right. nice. But they don't have. They won't remember these last forty-eight hours that we will. Right. And I think in a way that helps Vanessa. Um, she can just show them all these amazing memories. I mean, he's, you can type his name in. You can type him four <laughs> letters on Google. Yeah. And, I mean, and he I owns- thought that was the most captivating part of the whole thing and why, you know, it, it's been 48 hours, still hasn't even sunk in for us. Like, you saw Cassius Winston. You saw our reactions. Like, Tom Izzo says to Cassius Winston, Kobe passed away. And he says, Kobe. And he goes, yes. And he says, Bryant. As if anyone else in the world <clears throat> is referred to as Kobe. Yeah, like, Kobe's he like, was a one-name one guy. One of my friends said that Kobe's like, he was one of the first, like, just first-name guys. Like, there's yeah. Cher, the singer. There's Seal, the singer. There's yeah. Kobe. Like, there's not many people out there that you can just say their first name. And, and, and that was exactly the disbelief. And that was right. the disbelief was, like, people were even questioning, well, who like who would another Kobe even be, you know? And I think that's just the, the sad part. Another thing I was thinking about last night was, like, I was working out, boxing, doing my thing, and it was like, you know, obviously he would be just murdering this, this workout. But you know, I had a... I had a fantastic mom mentality workout yesterday but i think the idea of like you know you look up to these guys their entire life and how many people in the world would give their entire life to be in his situation and then just in the blink of an eye for one day 
the roles are reversed. And I think that's why we just need to appreciate our lives, live them to the fullest. And that's kind of, you know, I think a mentality to just take forward. Yeah, no, I uh, I couldn't agree more. It, it stinks that it takes these situations to appreciate all this stuff and that it, we don't see it as much in the moment because the world we live in, there's so much going on. Um, but that, that's it's the nature of the situation. It's, it's crazy that you think... I don't know if you saw Tracy McGrady on the jump yesterday, mm-hmm. but he said he was breaking down because of how close he was with Kobe, how close he was with Gianna. And he said, it's crazy because Kobe always said, listen, I want to die young. I want to be immortalized. He said, I wanted to, I wanted to be better than Mike. And then I wanted to die young. So it's, it's crazy because the Kobe Bryant will honestly never die. He might not be here, but like his global impact, um, you can just see it with, I think for me, I never really knew how much Kobe had an impact on my life until he passed away. Um, Kobe, for me, him and Allen Iverson were two of the, 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 the two reasons I fell in love with the NBA, right? I was, I was born the year Kobe was drafted. Obviously, don't really remember his first couple years in the league, but those early those early 2000 battles in the Western Conference playoffs um, and then against my Sixers in the 2001 finals, it was like Kobe, Kobe was the first person that I was able to like, I'm not going to say hate, right? Because we all hate athletes because they beat our teams, but like, like, yeah, hate. I hated Kobe, but like, I hate Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott. I don't actually hate them as people. I hate them to what they do to my team is because that's sports. Um, so for me, Kobe was that first, like, and he wanted that. He wanted every away crowd to fear him and to hate him when he walked into their gym because of what he was going to do to their team, and, and it worked. And Kobe, for me, and Allen Iverson were the reason I fell in love with the NBA at such a young age. And I think that we're seeing firsthand how much of a reach that Kobe had globally, right? He was the biggest and greatest athlete in China. He grew up in Italy, had fans all over the world, and the world just kind of stopped these past 48 hours. And it, it's, it stinks that something like this is what's bringing this world together when there's a lot of bad going on. But it's also beautiful to see that one guy just by dribbling a ball and doing these things can can bring people together when there are such poor, bad things going on in this world. So I think that <clears throat> that's been the beauty in all of this is seeing how the world is just shut down. People have forgotten everything else going on. Like I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's actually a Super Bowl happening this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea of these past 48 hours, but no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so just to see the global impact that Kobe Bryant had is really one of the more beautiful things. It, it, like once we, I'm sure there will be some type of ceremony on television. And I mean, I wasn't alive for it, but talking to older people, talking to my parents, like this is like JFK, like that type of tragedy written all over it. He was taken from us at 41 years old, but still had so much more to give. Um, 
just thinks, man. I mean, we're, we're this is as deep as you and I have gotten on this podcast, and um, if there's anyone more deserving of it, then it's Kobe Bryant because his impact on the game, on basketball in general, it's you can't talk about it. I mean, I would love to move into away from the deep part of this conversation and really talk about Kobe Bryant, the, the cold-blooded black mama killer on the court and what he did on the court, but I mean, all all respects to all the victims, all their families, all their friends, and everyone, everyone really mourning and suffering this loss because I think that um, it really was a, a jaw dropper for all of us. I mean, we saw our reaction on tape, but I mean, millions and millions of people are feeling the same way we are. So I think it's nice that you and I are able to go on the air and, and really talk about it. Our, I mean, my job, our job, I mean, mine more more so than yours is, is social media. And I spend, you know, 18 hours a day on social media. I have been glued I, to it the past 48 hours. Right. And now, I mean, you can understand what what my day to day is like, but it it's a dark place. It's filled with trolls. It's filled with people who have a keyboard, an avatar, and can't be held accountable. And it can get ugly and ugly fast. And obviously, there's been some comments made that are not fun, but the overall ninety nine point nine nine percent has been amazing. And it's the first time I've ever really seen people come together like this. Normally, no matter what, no one can escape a joke, but Kobe Bryant seems to have online. And it's really been beautiful, kind of how everyone's reacted, building this in a positive light. You know, we talk about Kobe, we talk about Gigi, so some people are going to say, well, honor these other people. And we are, and we absolutely are, and they should be remembered forever. And then we have to understand that because of who Kobe was and who Gigi was, like they're just more in the spotlight. They affected more people's lives. And I think the fact that people are focused on the positives and just remembering and understanding, people are pushing their emotions out, people who normally wouldn't push their emotions out, people who are sharing thoughts, memories, they're now getting over their bullshit, talking to friends, family that maybe they haven't, and reigniting those connections because they understand. So... I think the overall response has been special, um, and I, I'm really excited to see that, especially on a on a place that can get so dark. So that's been awesome. But let's just move on and close let's talk out. Talk about Kobe, the absolute killer. Let's talk about our favorite Kobe moments. So I'll start first. I do want to say, like, like you said, I didn't truly understand the impact he made because, you know, you never really think about it till he's gone. But I've worn Kobe basketball shoes for 12 straight years now. And it's not like As I necessarily I. felt an extreme. And now I, have to, now I have to relace them because <laughs> I was going to get rid of them because they were a little small, but there's no shot in getting rid of them now. Yeah. Um, so I'll be relacing them and throwing them on for another title run in our charity basketball tournament. Yeah. I think, like... You know, I, I don't I don't believe that I every time I put on Kobe's I felt like a special connection to him. But it is crazy to think about like it's this man's sneakers who I've been wearing for over a decade of my life playing basketball. So many experiences on the court, always in his shoes, ankle sock gang, because they're low tops. Like Kobe's were the first lows really that I ever wore. And like as weird as it is of a thing, it is a thing to a degree and like that's just crazy. But 
my favorite memory, and and these memories aren't you know his best plays ever, not even necessarily <laughs> our favorite plays of his ever because there's too many, and and I won't go into all of them. Everyone's seen them online, but. The one I remember most is his shot over Dwayne Wade, banked it in for the three-pointer for the win. I was at my grandfather's. He's passed away since. Um, I was with my brother, and it's just a moment I'll never forget because it was one of those, I believe, Sunday games, 3 o'clock, 3.30, whatever it may have been. Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, number one shooting guard, number two shooting guard. Um, And, you know, the thing with Kobe and the thing with Jordan – was their biggest things was they prevented others from succeeding, which sounds negative, but it just showed their greatness. Dwayne Wade is one of the greatest players of all time. He probably had the second greatest finals performance of all time, and he will never even be close to a top two shooting guard because of those two guys. And Kobe Bryant was a big reason, and that felt like I would say th- I would say third or fourth is pretty close. I, but but he's never but he's not he's even never close to be eclipsing them. Yeah, and I think like that game that shot is just it's wholesome because it's Dwayne Wade on the road opportunity to knock off Kobe national TV ABC ESPN and Kobe throws up a prayer. But was it a prayer? Like how many times has he taken that shot? How many reps has he taken with running bank threes? Like probably more than a normal person should. And it obviously goes in. And I think, like, Dwayne Wade's reaction, his thoughts on the shot are just like, that's Kobe, that's who it is. But for me personally, yeah, that that's my favorite moment of his. It just means so much where it <laughs> happened, who I was with, right. whose house I was in, and then just what it meant overall and how it encaptured Kobe Bryant as right. a player. For me, for me, it wasn't one particular moment, but more so the 2009 and 2010 NBA Finals runs, particularly the 2010, right? 2009, Kobe, um, on the way to his first Finals MVP, beat the was it the the Dwight Howard Magic. I'm like, all right, it's the Magic. But 2010 is when, because it appeared as if that when the Lakers traded away Shaquille O'Neal in 2009, maybe or four, I don't know when they traded him. Um, but it appeared as if that they uh, traded away in 2004. They appear, it appeared as if that Shaq had kind of won the rivalry because he went on and won an NBA Finals like two years later with the Miami Heat and Dwayne Wade. Um, but then Kobe was able to really kick it into another gear without Shaq and come become more of the Kobe Bryant and obviously lost the finals in 2007. Was it seven? Well, it's a seven season, 2008 finals to the Celtics. Um, but was able to avenge that loss and the biggest rivalry in, in the NBA in 2010 in game seven. So it was really like encompassed the whole mama mentality for me. He had lost Shaq, he had lost, uh, and Shaq went on to win titles without Kobe. There was some bad blood, obviously, that was since squash, and I mean, they're, they're best friends, but Kobe really avenging that loss uh, to the Celtics and proving that he could do it on his own and going back-to-back finals MVP was really what it was for me. I mean, you have 
the 60-point game at the Garden, the 65 points in three quarters against the Mavs. I can point to the spot on the couch uh, where my ass was when I watched Kobe have 81 against the Raptors in that Sunday game on ABC. So could I have named this stuff um, 48 hours ago where I was during these moments? No, but when you look back and you have to, you're forced to remember um, I'll never forget where I was for those moments. I'll never forget where I was for his final game. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget where I was when I heard that Kobe Bryant passed away. Um, it just shows the impact he had. And, I mean, there are so many Kobe moments. There's walking onto the floor, hitting an Achilles, hitting a free throw on a torn Achilles, and then walking off the floor. Um, the, the, the list just goes on and on. There's... Almost 16-0 and in the 2001 NBA Finals, but thank God Allen Iverson had something to say about that. There's the Matt Barnes flinch, no flinch controversy, which uh, actually it's funny because a couple months ago, right, that the, the bird's eye view came out of that. But yeah. I'm flinching regardless, so it's still very impressive. But, I mean, it's everything. It's his, his mentality. and Like even last night I'm watching the game and, I think what hit hardest for me, we talked about it family earlier, is when he's walking on the court in that final timeout. I think he's got 58, 57. He just throws a wink towards Vanessa and his daughter's way, and it's just... It hurts, man. Um, change the logo, NBA. Do what you need to do. Everyone retire a jersey. Nothing is too dramatic when it comes to Kobe Bryant. Final thought in my opinion, is on the on the jersey retirement. Um, I was talking with my friend about this at work. I think you might have been there for the conversation pre the Austin Eckler combo, but I'm a big believer in not retiring 8 and 24. Number 23 is worn by rec kids, yeah. by high school kids, by college kids, and if you don't play for Miami or Chicago, by NBA players. And it means something. It means something so much to try and honor, to try and be those players. And I think it, 8 or 24 could become the next number, right? Everyone wants 23. Okay, you can't get 23. Try to get 24 or vice versa. Try to get 8. Make that a number. You're the scorer. You're the hardest worker. Whatever it is, use it as reward. I get the honor of hanging it in the rafters, but I think it just means so much more on the court, and that's who Kobe was. He didn't care about the accolades or being put for people to see. He cared about results. So I'm a big believer in 8-24. and 24. Keep it, it alive. My mind. It just blows my mind to me how there's a legitimate two-sided argument that would never be solved on which Kobe was better, 8 yeah. or 24. Like both 10 years. Eight to ten All Star selections. I mean, he has both both would be Hall of Famers by itself, and that yep. was you know. In, I saw a tweet. Incredible. I saw a tweet. It was like, so Kobe had sixteen thousand eight hundred and sixty six points in number eight, and sixteen thousand seven hundred and seventy seven in number twenty four. Both of those totals would be more than I think fifteen Hall of Famers. Yeah, which is just wild man it's still everywhere it still will finally LeBron spoke I feel like LeBron just really didn't know what to say um in that post but yeah with no disrespect obviously to what he said it just 
you know, we've come to see statements from him, thoughts from him be so... Like, you saw the thoughts 24 hours before, after he passes Kobe, his everything about that four-minute press conference clip that I feel like everyone's seen by now was so well thought out, so well detailed. He had so there's much no to way, say. There's no way to think of to say something like this. Yeah, and then there's he no just seemed plan. not rattled, but his thoughts were all over the place. He just didn't know how to express it. Um, you know, I think the Lakers winning a championship this year means absolutely nothing. But I'm sure to the city of L.A., to Kobe, to everyone around it, maybe it'll help. So If the Sixers I mean, play the Lakers in the NBA Finals, damn it, they can have it. Yeah, they can I, I think... It. It's and that's why we love sports because things that don't matter we we make them matter and it brings people together and that's why I love doing this podcast and that's why you know that's another example of you know something special to us something positive that's come out of this was our friend James uh, on Instagram he sent you an incredible message and you know Kobe's impact it will impact millions if our impact can impact literally a single person. We'll continue to do the podcast. That's what sports can do. They can impact people like none other. So rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and the seven others. Abe read all their names. Um, that's that's all I got. Yeah, it's, it's really all I got. I lost one of my idols. Um, but, hey, mama mentality, you know? Mama mentality, everyone. Snapback fam, live life to the fullest. We love you guys. Let her know. Big week for you, right, Jack? Yeah, headed to Miami. Um, what, so, what, do we got, what do we got planned? Not much yet. Uh, <laughs> some 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 work stuff for Whistle Sports. Um, some maybe some partying, but just overall trying to live life. That's what we got to do. There we go. Great interview with Austin Eckler. That was awesome, man. Yeah, that was super fun. Another example. This is going to come out after Austin Eckler, right? Yep. Yeah, so you guys heard it. That was sick, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Snapback fam. Feel free to uh, shoot Abe and I a message if you're going through anything, if you just want to talk about your favorite Kobe memory, moment, etc. But we love you guys. And the rest of the week, hopefully more fun Super Bowl podcast. But... Mom mentality, live your life. Much love. Peace. Peace, fam. Bryant on the move with the jumper. He got it! 58 points! And the Lakers lead! What can I say? Mom, bow.